0: Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to shadyrays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses.
1: Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake baseball podcast on the sports gambling podcast network i am blake meyer i'm only slightly choking on my pastry that i was eating right before this the timing of that couldn't have been any better uh it is sunday and for the second sunday in a row me and my man ryan are back how's your weekend been man it's been good I'm having a bit
0: of a bit of a lazy sunday here. it's been raining pretty much non-stop all weekend in philadelphia so very very great day i got some uh i got a cup of tea here out of my gemini queen mug so <laughs> having, having a good sunday
1: here it's what twi- yeah. like i feel like the weather over there not to just do weather talk but i feel like the weather over there is a the complete opposite of here because it's been like 85 all weekend here and completely sunny so it's a good change of pace but One thing we're not going to change pace on is the fact that we just talk about baseball here. Trevor, what's up, man? I see you in the chat. How you doing? But it's been a fun weekend of baseball, except for if you're a Mariners fan like myself, who is toughing out today's game where we were up 4-0 to on the Taylor Trammell Grand Slam. Fun fact, nicest dude I have ever had the pleasure of interviewing in person. He told me he liked my hoodie at the end of the interview, which was cool as fuck. Uh, and then he comes up first and bat of the season for him, hits a grand slam, mariners up four-zero. And then the mariners are cooking it down eight to four. It's eight to seven as we record this. Who knows if they'll fucking win? I highly doubt it. But I hope all of you are winning your fantasy matchups this week. It has been an interesting week for as usual. Pitching has been atrocious. I, I don't know what's going on with pitching for the year. All the good pitchers are bad, except Shane McClanahan. And it's Cole. the pitch clock.
0: It's it's the pitch clock. It's not having to deal with the pitch clock. It's having to deal with throwing a pitch, max effort, and then 15 seconds later having to throw another pitch, max effort, and doing that for over and over again. There's no no recovery time. I think that's going to be the main thing that ends up, you know, extending the pitch clock or like add five, 10 seconds or, or give pitchers a timeout or two every, every inning because we're going to see more pitchers to struggle, continue to struggle. We're going to see continue to see pitchers picking up injuries like we've seen so far this season. So I think that's that's the main thing. That's something uh, Matt Strom, Philly's pitcher, has been very, very adamant about. So I think that's something we'll, we'll see here, and hopefully they can fix it before there's too many injuries.
1: I would like to see. I mean, I love the pitch clock. I've been pretty vocal about that, but I, I would like to see an extra five seconds on it. I, it still keeps the games quick, and mm-hmm. it gives yeah. the pitchers literally just one extra breather in between a pitch, which sometimes that's all you really need. And maybe that can save. You, you could even add add ten seconds. I, yeah. I was
0: thinking the other day. Like, I wonder, I wonder if people are like counting how much time is actually baseball being played versus how much time now is ads. Because, like, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of Matt, Matt Trama, I think he had like a four pitch inning the other day. Like, that must have That's been wild. like what a, a five minute inning, and like yeah. <laughs> two minutes of ads on two minutes of commercials on either side of that. So it's almost getting to it, could get to the point where it's, it's it's like football where it's like commercials all the time. So. You could see, I don't know, I, I think the pitch clock at 5, 10 seconds keeps the game moving along. It has a clock. It, th- mm-hmm. that's, what it, that's what it should be there for. It should be there for to make sure it's not going too, too long. And, and making it a little bit longer would, uh, I think, just be the best thing to do all around. But yeah, pitchers have, have not been doing too well. But a pitcher that we hope does well in his uh, Major League debut on Wednesday is Dodgers top prospect Gavin Stone uh, in his first Four starts in AAA this year it was not very good. Fifteen innings, twelve earned runs, twelve strikeouts to eight walks. It's a seven two zero ERA. He went one and two in those starts. And his last two starts, um, nine and two thirds innings, one earned run, fifteen strikeouts to four walks. So he he's found something over the past two starts. Threw eighty pitches in each of those starts, and looks like
1: he'll start Wednesday against the Phillies.
0: I picked him up in my keeper league. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Stone?
1: uh i absolutely love gavin stone first of all this isn't a call up where there was like an injury so they're calling out to make a spot start and they're going to send him back down this is our uh, like real deal call up gavin stone is a part of the dodgers rotation he's going against the phillies in the first game no offense to you ryan but the phillies kind of fucking suck just like the Mariners, they've been better lately but they like to swing and miss a lot which yes, doesn't they, seem they, they like... love striking out yeah, and it, it, Gavin Stone has one of the nastiest changeups you'll probably ever see, kind of like Grayson Rodriguez esque. Like uh, he, although he walks a lot more batters than Grayson Rodriguez, which could be a little bit his downfall. But that changeup is just such a nasty pitch, and he's got a good four pitch mix on top of that. I think he hits mid nineties, right around ninety five. He averages with his fastball, so he's gonna be dominant. And if there's one thing that we know, it is that the Dodgers might be the best team in baseball, not named the Rays when it comes to getting the most out of their pitchers. And so I have all the faith in the world that Gavin Stone is going to be excellent. Like he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dustin May, who Dustin May came up same with the Dodgers. He was more of a fireballer, though. He dealt with the injuries early on, but Dustin May has turned into a really damn good pitcher. And I think over time, Gavin Stone is going to turn into a really damn good pitcher in 12-team or higher leagues. He's worth an add add and keep because I think he's going to be good for the rest of the year. Good afternoon, Insano.
0: Yeah, I I got him in my my 8-team keeper league. I'm probably going to hold on to him depending on how he does. Against the Phillies? Because, I mean, last year he was dominant in, in the minors. Uh, overall, 121 innings, 168 strikeouts at 12.4 Ks per nine. Only six starts in AAA last year, but still ERA of 1.16, three earned runs in 23 innings, 33 strikeouts, Ks per nine of 12.7. So, yeah, he, he's got strikeout stuff. Phillies strikeout uh, 9.4 times per game on the road in the bottom third overall. So I think that's a a good spot to, to have his good... For First start, I mean, the Phillies can, can work at bats and, and hit him hard, but I think he should ha- have a have a decent start uh,
1: for his debut. Yeah, I'm curious to see who he would line up with after that because I don't think the Dodgers aren't doing a six-man rotation. It's still a five-man rotation, so he'll pitch every fifth day. So this puts him at the Phillies, and then Milwaukee is beatable. Minnesota's beatable. St. Louis will be tough. And then Tampa Bay. So he, he's got some pretty decent matchups for him for these first four games, kind of up until that Tampa Bay game. Because they're just a fucking menace this year. So uh, they're kind of brutal on all all pitchers this year. But it's a lot going for him. Pick up Gavin Smith in your league if you're – or Gavin Stone. God, this is the Matthew Trout thing all over again. I know a Gavin Smith in real life. Uh, pick up Gavin Stone moving forward. He's, he's probably better than the worst pitcher that's on your team.
0: Yeah, I I would say so there. So depending, it's depending on your league there, but um, we are brought to you by Shady Rays. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, the Hiddlestar will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Right, so there's some injury news here I, I wanted to get to. It looks like uh, there's positive news, came back on Brandon Woodruff's follow-up MRI. Mm-hmm. Very positive relative to what it could have been. Target to have him back by the end of June. So hold on to him on your IL. Another guy on the IL that should be coming back soon is Rysel Iglesias. He pitched on Sunday, today, uh, scoreless inning. I think he had 12 pitches, eight strikes, one strikeout I saw. So there, we talked about him. Uh, I think on Friday, they're going to need him now with, with Minter uh, not doing too well. So if he's somehow available in your league, pick him up. If he's on your IL plan to uh, for him to return, I, probably this week, I, I would assume.
1: I'm just curious to see how effective he is at the major league level, just because his velocity has been down in the rehab start. So I need to see if that's just him being more mindful in the rehab start to just kind of get through some innings and get himself ready to go. Or if that arm has an issue that is keeping him from hitting that full velocity. So we'll have to see, but closer for a dominant team in baseball, Minter's really been struggling. So it's it's as good a time as any to reactivate him from the I.O. because, yeah, I think he's going to get called up in the coming days or called back up in the coming days. And then yeah. he should be good as long as that arm can hold up. And no, I did not skip over your comment. You're not going to pitch a shutout this week against me in fantasy. That is absolutely not happening. I have called everybody on my team, and I'm going to win at least one category this week. Uh, but one more guy it shouldn't be a surprise that he went on the IL, but he did, and it doesn't look great. It's Jacob Degrom. I'm I'm on the I'm on board with the he's going to need Tommy John surgery kind of rumor that's going around. Because I don't know if you saw the video breakdown of like when you got hurt and the managers and everybody went out there to talk to him and all that. But he looked like he knew that there was something very wrong with his arm. And then the manager said that it's his forearm and all that good stuff. So uh, <laughs> it's one of those things you don't want to see happen because he's so good. But it happens every year. And if that's what happens, DeGrom's just gone for the rest of the year. So if it's a keeper league... I wouldn't even keep him in a keeper league. I'd probably just drop him in a redraft league, drop him. I mean, as long as it comes out. Put, on,
0: evening, put him on the IL.
1: Well, yeah. If, and if you have an IL spot, make sure you
0: use them. Not, don't just drop him and let someone else pick him up and put him on the IL.
1: Even in a keeper uh, league. Like, I'm just saying if he's not, if he's not, oh yeah, I guess in a keeper league, yeah. But I'm just saying if he's not going to play again this year in like a redraft league, you don't need to use that IL spot on him. You could use it on somebody else. Yeah. But that's that's a that's a big blow for my... SGP and Dynasty League team—the only place I took a share of Jacob Degrom this year—and it fucking figures he goes down. I sh- I knew better, but I did it anyways. Trevor said, "Crazy to give Degrom the contract they did with his injury history." It's just because he's so good. Like when he starts, he's probably oh man. What what a healthy Degrom might be the best pitcher of this generation. A, a fully healthy yeah. Degrom.
0: I mean his his ERAs over the past few years when he's healthy 2021 he allowed 11 earned runs in 92 innings 1.08 yeah right. just absolutely in, insane yeah yeah the rangers got um it's like four good starts out of him two to 11 strikeout wins against the o's and a's but yeah this is likely going to be tommy john and like realistically they should get this done as soon as possible so he's so he's available to come back second half of next year rather than kind of you know extending it because they do have him yeah. to, that, to that long-term contract they are worried about long term and while it will be a, a huge hit for them and a huge hit for the fantasy baseball managers that have him it's probably the best case what they should
1: do given the fact that they risk so much on that contract yeah, and this is a perfect segue uh, from talking injured pitchers into two start pitchers for this week because it is sunday if you're listening to this it's probably monday And if it's Monday morning, that means games haven't started yet, so your weekly lineups have not locked, and your daily lineups, you still have all the possibilities in the world. Two-star pitchers is an important thing to look at when you are utilizing a spot for streaming your pitchers. We've been kind of on fire with our... uh, we talked two star pitchers last week. I don't remember who we who we said for our two star pitchers for last week, but we talked like weekend I, pitching I, matchups. I, I,
0: I'm I'm riding the Rich Hill train still. He's he's been yeah. unbelievable. He's been he's been my, my favorite guy I've called out. The th- four, straight good star- four straight good starts, uh three of them quality starts.
1: Yeah, and I called out Vince Velasquez for Saturday. He's shut yeah. out in three of his last four games, just been absolutely on fire. I mean, they're against kind of shitty shitty teams, but he's really relying on that slider. 40 percent slider usage which is huge he made actual improvements he's just he's not just like doing the same thing he always did and outperforming his uh, peripherals or whatever he's like actually making realistic improvements to his command mm-hmm. and things which is better and then we called out uh, edward cabrera as well we talked about how if he goes back to being the change up dominant pitcher that he was two starts ago that he will be dominant and be more than just a streaming option. He'll be like a rosterable for the rest of the year type player. Wouldn't you know it? He went back to being his dominant changeup self. I think he had a 35 or 38 percent changeup rate uh, in his Saturday start. Struck out 12 in five innings. He still walked like five batters, so he still still has some sh- shitty command issues. But man, 12 strikeouts in five innings is amazing. So yeah, if he if he keeps sticking with the the heavy changeup usage, he should be just rostered in every league. I don't know who they play this week, but if they play the Cubs. He starts at the Cubs on on Friday, the Friday afternoon game there.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, if you have a pitch like the changeup, you you want to use it as much as you can. But like, if he doesn't have it, he has, he has to find another pitch that he can throw for mm-hmm. strikes. He does have those those command issues coming off. Yeah, career high twelve strikeouts and only five innings. So. I think at this point until he shows more this is what he is. You're risking, you know, a high ERA for hopefully a lot of strikeouts in the start. But but looking ahead, uh who do you look at who are you looking at for either Monday or Tuesday as a two-start pitcher?
1: The first one for me is probably Mackenzie Gore starting at home against Chicago and on the road against Arizona. Kind of difficult starts. I mean, like they're middle-of-the-road like, teams to start against. They're not the, the easiest, but they're not the hardest starts either. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is somebody that in his rookie year, I think that was last year, Like he started the year really, really good. Yes. And okay. then got mean, hurt. hurt think, yeah. Missed a ton of time, and everybody kind of forgot about him. Now he's with the Nationals. See, the Nationals suck, but he and Josiah Gray, surprisingly, have actually been really good. The only thing that worries me is he's very fastball dominant. 60% fastball usage, which... Kinda not the biggest fan of. I don't like somebody that uses their fastball that much, but his curveball is just disgusting. Forty six percent whiff rate. He uses it twenty percent of the time, and he took some. Uh, he, I don't know. He added some speed to his curveball. It's got a little more break this year. So kind of like Vince Velasquez using that slider more. He like made active changes to his pitch repertoire and things to get better. Mackenzie Gore's done the same thing. Added some velo. Added some movement on his pitches. The fastball rate scares me, but I think he's he's in line for at least one win this week. Yeah, and and just look at at the
0: raw numbers here: ten strikeouts against the Mets in six innings uh, last start, quality start. Quarter start before that, seven strikeouts in six innings, three earned. Got the loss there, but yeah, three and one, three quality starts in in uh, five starts on the year, including back to back starts. So, yeah, I, I love him as a as option. Unfortunately, he's rostered in forty seven percent of Yahoo leagues and not available anywhere that i'm at but i think that that's a great pickup i think he's someone that you know could just end up being a good starter to hold for for most of the year or someone you mm-hmm. can end up trading after he has a hot start
1: yeah i mean he is kind of one start away from being decent trade bait mm-hmm. this year so and that could come against the cubs so i i like the addition if you want to pick him up and roll with him this week and just try and trade him after before you drop him but i wouldn't even drop him like if he's available when you pick him up He's again, just like I said before, he's better than the worst pitcher that's on your team right now. I'm willing to bet, unless you're like my home league where I went very pitcher heavy in my draft, and my worst pitcher is like Vince Velasquez. So, that who are you liking for your first two star Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm looking at uh Mackenzie Gore's counterpart there in, in Washington for the Cubs, uh, Drew Smiley. He obviously had the uh, the great start against the Dodgers. The was it a no hitter or a perfect game that was broken up by the perfect game? Uh, perfect game broken up there seven and two thirds 10 strikeouts last time out five innings four strikeouts against the padres starting against the nationals not not a good team whatsoever on the (laughs) uh, offensive side of the ball so i'm seeing another you know hopefully he can get six innings if not still five 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 innings one or two earned five five is strikeout i think that's a it's a good start for him and then he goes against the the marlins on uh the fifth which would be on friday sun or saturday there so i think that's a good two-start option and then also for the cubs uh was nest we talk about him a lot here it seems we're always like okay look at him see if he can be a guy mm-hmm. for them he's also starting against the uh, nationals and marlins just like smiley so i think he's a he, he's a also a good option i think he is rostered probably in, in more leagues than smiley though
1: i don't know he might have got dropped a decent amount after his last start i know he struggled last time out i believe
0: so he's oh, yeah, one
1: he's, he's only rostered
0: in 24% of leagues. So
1: yeah, the uh, the potential is there with, with Wisniewski. He's one of those guys that it's gonna take some time and he's gonna be good. He has that fucking nasty sweeper. It looks like a fucking wiffle ball, honestly. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So like anybody that has a pitch like that, like he's shown already. I think he had a game where he went seven innings, gave up a run or two, okay amount of strikeouts. It seven innings, seven strikeouts against
0: against the A's, though it was.
1: Yeah. Everybody looks good against the A's, but I mean, his his two starts this week are against teams that might as well be the mm-hmm. A's. So, yeah, there's some sneaky good play there because I don't think you're going to have much competition when it comes to picking up Wisniewski for this week. And But I will say, if he has two good starts, don't start him against good teams because he has been hittable against good teams. So, right out the two bad weeks, or the two bad teams... Again, move to trade him if you can like just put him out there, put feelers out there, use him as a, a throw in in a trade to like try and like go like you're sweetening the pot on your side mm-hmm. and move on from him and let somebody else deal with the, the down days that he's gonna have.
0: Yeah. I also like uh Tanner Huck for the uh Boston Red Sox. He's hasn't been, been great this year, but he has not allowed more than three earned runs in any any one of his starts. He only went past the fifth inning or five innings zone in one start. That was um, two starts ago seven innings seven strikeouts three earned against the twins this week he is starting against um uh, where's uh the blue jays and then the at philadelphia so not not the easiest matchup for him but, but he's been mm-hmm. able to to pitch well against no matter who he's playing i mean baltimore the twins angels a uh, decent start tigers O. Oh, so might might be a, a tougher test for him against against toronto and, and, and philly but i think that that's a that's a good look for maybe some deeper leagues
1: I like that one, and one that I'm on the fence about and I want to get your take on is, what do you think about Tyler Wells in Baltimore? His whip is like 0. .7 this year. Got two starts this week. One of them's on the road at Atlanta. Uh, is he somebody you would look at? I was looking at
0: Wells earlier. He, he's rostered in my main league, but available in, in my two other ones. Only, 20, only 21% rostered overall on Yahoo!, a good start against, against the Red Sox. I mean, he pitches against KC on, on Tuesday. So see how that one goes. That one should go strong. And then, you know, see where you're at later in the week. See if you can bench him. Because, yeah, his against the Yankees, he gave he six innings, six strikeouts, but allowed uh, three runs there for, for a six ERA. Got the loss. Against the Rangers, he got the hold in relief. Five innings, two strikeouts. He's been good against bad teams and not so good against better teams. So yeah, I definitely start Wells to pick him up uh, to start Tuesday, and then see, play it by ear for uh, for Sunday against the Braves.
1: <laughs> Chad in the chat said, "Who has two thumbs and bench Josh Young salami for Mexerado J.D. Davis?" I'm sorry, man. J.D. Josh Davis Young just
0: is... hit a home run though, too. Did he? he I didn't believe a so. Grand
1: slam? Oh well, no, it wasn't a grand salami. Yeah, like Josh Young is. A fool. I was just looking up our uh, our graphics from before the season. I think oh, they were yes. from early February of our uh, early season. What was it? early season sleepers In, for infield the infield sleepers, positions? Yeah. It was like um, ADP of one hundred and twenty plus. Josh Young was my third baseman, Ty- and Tyro Estrada was my shortstop.
0: Strada, yeah, I think, I think my team's good fucking good killing it.
1: There. Rowdy Telez was my first baseman, fucking killing it. Jonathan India was my second baseman, fucking killing it. Cal Raleigh was my catcher. He hit a home run today. Killing it. Love the dumper. Out here in Seattle, even though he's had such a weird year this year. Not to go on a Cal Raleigh tangent, but like the power's not quite there like it was last year. I think he hit his fourth home run today. But the average is up over last year. He's hitting like 240 now. Last year, he was like a 220 hitter. So who knows what's going on with dumper. Still love him in fantasy. Uh, And another two-star pitcher that I like for this week If my damn page would load here with all my notes on it. How are you feeling about Jose Barrios? Because I faded him so much everywhere and he's been good lately, which he always does though. He's very good at sucking. And then he randomly throws in like a seven innings, one hit 14 strikeout game. And then fucking sucks again. So it's hard to tell how good he's going to do. Carol, just hit another home run. As I just said that there you go in, in the 10th inning. So love to see it, but Barrios is on the road at Boston and on the road at Pittsburgh should be better matchups for him than they are. Boston's been okay. Pittsburgh's been pretty damn good this year. So is, is Barrios somebody you would look at to start twice this week or do you trust him enough for that?
0: uh absolutely i i drafted him in my 10 team league i and then i ended up dropping him but i'm probably gonna end up picking him right back up because you know he had a tough start out of the gate in kansas city five and two thirds eight earned and then four innings four earned and his next start against the angels last three starts so uh two and one 19 innings three earned runs 18 strikeouts two walks um this might be, you know, he might have found something there. Might And that was against the Rays, the Astros, and the White Sox. I mean, I know the White Sox are shit, but Rays are great. Astros are great. And he's pitching us what? The uh, Pirates, or no, Boston and the Pirates. Yeah, so I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd pick him up. I'd start him both times. I'm, I'm going to hopefully pick him back up in the league that I dropped him in. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be going to be uh have another good start here. I think this is Barrios
1: kind of bouncing back, hopefully. Yeah, Chad said, got two tough two-stars for you guys. Wasneski and Gore, that's actually the first two guys that we covered. Was just when, just go, was back and and Gore. go back and yeah, listen. Go back and listen. Yeah, we like them. We like them this week. Gore, a little iffier. We really like Wisneski this week, though. But I think that's a decent amount of two-star pitchers we've done so far. Yeah,
0: and uh, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. So start drafting your teams. Plus, plenty of ways to win in NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
1: Okay, so for waiver wire this week, I did just publish my weekly waiver wire article for Fantasy Pros. You can go check that out at fantasypros.com in the MLB section. You can't miss it. Big old picture of Jack Sawinski at the top of it because wouldn't you know it, for the second week in a row, he's like the first fucking guy on the list because I don't understand how nobody owns him this year. He has been on a tear, killing the ball. He's went three for seven yesterday with the Grand Slam and stole the base. He stole as many bases in the last two weeks as he stole all of last year in like 50-something games or 70-something games. And the thing that I like about Sawinski is... His K-rate kind of sucks, but he's not chasing a lot of pitches. He's whiffing at a decent amount of pitches, but he's not chasing a lot of pitches. He's in the 99th percentile in chase rate, but he's making crazy contact with the ball. Uh, Sawinski did not do this last year. Sawinski came out and had a lot of power last year, but the problem with Sawinski last year was uh, he just swung and missed nonstop at everything. This year, he has tweaked his swing a little bit, and he is very, 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 very much leaned into the pull hitting fly ball hitter, which is what a lot of guys are doing this year. He's swinging at less pitches and just going all out on the on the fly balls to the pull side, and it's it's working out well for him. Ninety two and a half mile an hour average exit velocity, his barrel rates like eighteen percent or something ridiculous. And again, he's not chasing a lot of pitches. Last year, he used to chase a ton of pitches out of the zone which killed him uh, his walk rates at 17 and a half percent. And he's cut his K rate from over 30% down to 27 and a half. I don't love a 27 and a half percent K rate, but I do love a 4% improvement on K rate for the year. And I love a guy whose walk rate is almost 20% as well. He's very underowned. I think it's like 32% on Yahoo and 12% on ESPN still widely available. And the fact that he's added the speed in there as well with the stolen bases. He's now become a guy that, I mean, was pr- pretty much a single digit stolen base guy coming into this year. But now it looks like he's going to steal double digit bases this year. And his speed is coming up. Uh, it's like 90th percentile for sprint speed, which I didn't expect from Jack Sewinsky. So again, it's a waiver wire guy in week five. So it's not going to be somebody that's going to like light the world on fire for the rest of the year, but he's worth an ad right now. He's hot. He's got uh, power and speed and decent average. So I like it. Yeah. Go go pick up someone if he's
0: available. Uh, 44% rostered. Went three for six uh, on Saturday with the home run. Five RBIs, like you said, stolen base in three straight games heading into Sunday. So yeah, ride this hot streak while you can and maybe see if it ends up being for real. Uh, last year, I mean, his minor league batting average is 239. So he's probably not going to keep up this uh, close to 300 average, but you know, ride it while you can
1: yeah which is what you really want to do right now sometimes it's good to ride hot streaks but his hot streak's going on a few weeks now so he's somebody that you can keep going with especially since the pirates are doing so well before the year we talked a lot about how we were big on the vibes around here because if the vibes are high you're feeling good you feel good you play good you play good you produce good fantasy baseball numbers and the vibes are high in Pittsburgh. Everybody's. Just kind of feeling it and rolling with it, and it's turning into some pretty solid production. Same thing's going on in Tampa Bay. They got a real who's who of guys out there that they got rolling through the lineup, and they're all crushing. It's because they're just they're vibing, vibes are high, look good, feel good, play good, and that's what the Pirates are doing right now. So I'm all in on him. Also, Vince Velasquez, we did talk about him. It's a two star pitcher, he's somebody that Pittsburgh guy pick him up and run with him. Uh, another guy that I like for this week though, is, I mean, it's kind of a deeper league one, but Ezekiel Duran for the Texas Rangers. I don't know how long he's going to be fantasy relevant. He is a guy that you are picking up just to run with the hot streak right now. He's got a decent amount of hits lately. He doesn't have a ton of power, but he has some speed and he's hitting for, I think he's hitting like 300 or something so far this year or right around there. And he's got the one thing that we love on this podcast, not dual position eligibility, multi-position eligibility. He's eligible at second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield, so you can play him almost everywhere. It's like a Brendan Donovan super utility kind of guy. Owned in very few leagues, under 10% on both Yahoo and ESPN. And if you're looking for a guy that you can just slot in your lineup for a week or so to get some good production, I love it because when he cools off, he showed last year that he really cools off like he hit about 200. So just ride him while he's hot.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like Duran there. Second base, third base shortstop. Like you said, four game hit streak, four game RBI streak. Hitting in that in that Texas lineup that, you know, it's decent. Hitting in the bottom third, but still he's very hot recently. So just ride him <laughs> while you can. And uh, we got Duran Duran here because I was going to bring up <laughs> um, Duran for, for the Red Sox. You brought him up a, a few shows ago. Jaron Duran. He's on a on a five game hit streak, uh, so yeah, I think both Durans are, are definitely worth a pickup. Uh, Jaron, the outfielder for the Red Sox, thirty two percent rostered, probably more long term potential there as well. But mm-hmm. second base, third base, shortstop, Ezekiel uh, Duran for the Rangers probably worth having for you know a bench bat can fill in when you need to. But looking at their the Rangers schedule, they are off Monday and Thursday this week, so only play Tuesday and Wednesday against the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. So maybe wait wait for the weekend to pick him up. Make sure you get the uh, the maximum at-bats for the week.
1: Good call it on the Jaron Duran one as well. He's made some improvements this year to his swing, He's barreling the ball up pretty well. He's doubled his launch angle from last year, so he's actually getting the ball in the air. And he's doing the same thing I talked about with Sowinsky, pull-hitting flat ball hitter where he's making really good contact. It's very similar to what Yandy Diaz was doing last year, where he's just hitting the shit out of the ball. He just needs to get it in the air more, and the home runs will come. And uh, let's see. Chad said, Jaron scares me too much to own, not even the K rate, but he's been embarrassingly bad in the field at the MLB level, and I'm afraid he will force his way out of the lineup. It's hard to force your way out of the lineup a bad defense when you're hitting 400 now, if the time comes where he's hitting like 230, he might force his way out of the lineup. But right now, he's hot and he's making crazy contact with the ball. And the home runs will come for him. He's got and, and some the, speed.
0: The, the Red Sox want to want him to develop, though. This is like what we talked about with Jordan Walker for the Cardinals being sent down. But like Gunnar Henderson's probably not going to be sent down. I don't think Duran's going to play him out of, out of the lineup unless he's, you know, that bad in the field. But I don't know if they have anyone in the minors waiting because they're, they're, kind of rebuilding right now so i think i think duran's fine i mean don't don't go tra- go out and trade for him but if he's available yeah go pick him up um someone else we were high on before the year uh probably got dropped by a bunch of people but then had four home runs since april 24th the past week is uh brandon drury of the the angels he's Kill looking it. at looking at his Statcast page i mean exit VLO 99 97 93 88 100 105 103 102 104 98 61 110 102 this is just the past past week for him so he's killing the ball here uh seeing some outs some some singles on that 100 mile per hour seeing some outs on the 99 1 so um over for four on today sunday and yesterday saturday so and he's off monday so maybe you'll see someone you know overreact to that 0 for 8 stretch and drop him again and if if so i would i would pick him up uh, first base second base third base so you can get corner infield, middle infield, if, if that's in, in your league, and I think he's someone that you know in that Angels lineup should be able to to get some good matchups. Also, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing his um, real hot streak came in those four games against Oakland, all four of his home runs. So, so maybe maybe it's just Oakland's that bad, <laughs> and maybe that's something to watch out for.
1: But he does play a lot of games against Oakland this year, which does help that. Chad said eventually people will stop being surprised by Drury. I think it's because Drury does a good job of like playing really well and then he disappears for a little while. And that's when people forget about him. And then he comes out and plays really well, and everybody's like, oh yeah, he fucking he exists. Uh somebody that I want to point out for points leagues, it is a little bit of a deeper option, but it would be Jan Gomes. So in a like a 10 or 12 team single catcher league, I don't know if I like Jan Gomes, yet as my starting catcher in a two catcher league or a deeper than 12 team, I like Jan Gomes as my catcher. Points leagues, I like him more. Points leagues, I would probably start him right now in a 12 team, not in a 10 team, but in a 12 team, just because he's making a lot better contact with the ball this year. Uh, he's seen a big improvement hitting fastballs. I think he's hitting like 340 against fastballs this year with a 312 expected batting average, which is really good. I think he hit 270 against him last year. Uh, he's only striking out 12% of the time. Now, he only walks 1% of the time, which is horrible. That's like CJ Abrams from last year. But the low strikeout rate with the good contact, and he's shown some power. I think he's got five home runs so far this year. So there's Something to like there. He is in a little bit of a committee with Tucker Barnhart, but Barnhart hasn't been playing the best, so Jan Gomes is kind of hitting himself into more playing time. If he does hit himself into a lot more playing time and he can keep the K-rate down with a little bit of pop, then I would be more prone to like him in more league types. But points leagues-wise, I think you should be you should be checking in on Jan Gomes if you're in the market for a catcher.
0: Yeah, I think Jan Gomez is a good good catcher option there. So is uh Shea Langley. We've been talking about him for a few weeks now uh, of the Athletics. You know, still only hitting two thirty three, has been more uh, hotter recently. So I think he's probably a better long term someone catcher there if you're looking for somebody to you know just pick up and put in your lineup.
1: Uh, is there anybody that you like for this week that you could think of?
0: Um, I have I have the uh the list of the most added players on, on Yahoo today. Uh, Lagleya is on there. Gomes is on there. Um, Joey Gallo's back on there for some reason. Not not sure why he's, so he hasn't he hasn't him. done any he hasn't homered he homered against the Yankees this week, but mm-hmm. nothing nothing since then. Um, I was looking at Austin Hayes. He he's he's back now. He was four for eight on Saturday during that double header. 0-for-2 today with a run in the RBI, uh, hitting fifth, hit, hit leadoff on, on uh, Saturday, fifth on Sunday. So maybe Austin Hayes, if you can want to ride that uh, Orioles hot stretch, they're playing Kansas City for three games and then the Braves this week.
1: I like that. I Austin Hayes is somebody that I rostered for a while last year too. So he's he has sneaky fantasy value. He's one of those guys that's never going to light the world on fire or blow you away. But he just gives you kind of solid production throughout the year. So I like that one. Uh said, <laughs> Shane Langley just picked him up for the dumper. Ooh, dumper and his two home runs today. Excellent pickup there. Uh, and then Chad said, I got one for you guys. Harrison Bader is still under 50% and the return is near. Still believe he can be a top 75 player in Yankee stadium. I don't like Harrison Bader that much. I mean, there is fantasy value for anybody that is starting for the Yankees playing their home games in Yankee stadium and is competent at the plate. So I'm not fading him. I'm not sure if I see him as a top 75 player, just because he doesn't have the power uh, nor uh, the speed. I
0: I think I'm firmly fading um, Harrison Bader, not only due to to injury risks, but like, yeah, sure. He has potential. Anyone that can hit the baseball Yankee stadium, you're going to think he has potential, but he's his two full years, with the Cardinals, Twelve home runs in each of them. Thirty-seven home runs, thirty-seven RBIs, thirty-nine RBIs. So like he would need to have combined those two seasons to for, to have any fantasy value. I think stolen bases, decent speed, I guess. Seventeen is career high, career average. uh batting average is two forty-five. I think O'Neill or, or Bader was somebody that just you know fell down the boards in the draft, and I think for good reason. But you know
1: he could surprise first first full year in, in Yankee Stadium. And then one more from me. So it's not really much in Yahoo leagues because his uh, roster ship jumped to like 59% in Yahoo, but ESPN people pick up fucking Brent Rooker for yes. Oakland. He's he as just like I mentioned with Sawinski, he has changed his swing so much this year. He, <laughs> he whiffs in a lot of pitches. I get that, but he's got the power. He's got eight home runs already this year. He's not striking out very much. He's striking at 19.5% of the time and walking 17%. He's making crazy contact. 23% barrel rate, 91.4 mile per hour average exit velo. He's doing everything that you want in a fantasy asset. The only problem is he wears that disgusting lime green and yellow and white and plays for like the worst team in baseball. But weirdly enough, like we talked about the other day with Chad, Oakland has... They have fantasy-relevant players on their lineup, despite the fact that they're just an atrocious team. So I know in Yahoo Leagues, he is rostered in more leagues than would like you could really consider him a, a waiver-wire target, but in ESPN, he's 21%. There's absolutely no reason for that. He's good in category leagues. He offers you average and power, and he is a stud in points leagues. Sub-20% strikeout rate. A uh, walk rate, almost 18%. So there's excellent point getting right there. He's got the power that you need for the home runs, and he's hitting for average. He's not going to score the most runs, driving the most runs, but he's still, dr- he's still driven in 20 this year, which is pretty good. Roster him if he's still available in your league, for the love of God. And Chad said, and Estieri Ruiz. Yes, the speed is there. He's going to league baseball in steals, I still think, this year, even though... Ronald Acuna is running the bases like somebody reminded him he's just faster than everybody. So every time he gets on base, base, that dude runs. But Ruiz just stole four bases the other day. I think somebody reminded him, hey, dude, you're fast as hell. Like, start fucking stealing. Do something. And so, yeah, Ruiz also not quite as much value in points leagues, but has been in category leagues where steals are everything. Ruiz is a top tier option.
0: I got one more uh, two-star pitcher here. Actually, I wanted to bring up is Ronzy Contreras of the Ooh, Pittsburgh Pirates. The pirate. He's been he's been great so far this year. Uh, Twenty-seven innings, eleven earned runs, twenty-four strikeouts, twelve walks. Uh, but yeah, three point five eight ERA, three and one. Last year he went five and five with a th- three point seven nine ERA, case per nine of eight. His uh, FIP was four point three eight, so getting a bit lucky out there. But you know, his FIP this year is down to three point zero four. Tough start against against the Rays coming up on Tuesday and then home against Toronto. But, I mean, he just shut out the Dodgers for six innings, five strikeouts, six and two-thirds, eight strikeouts against Cincinnati. Before that, six innings, six strikeouts against the Cardinals. Only really one bad start against the Astros. It was really his only only mark on, on his record so far this year. So three straight quality starts, 28% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I, I would go pick him up.
1: Yeah, and he's done the thing that... I like seeing pitchers do. He realized that last year his fastball was pretty hittable. He had like a 275 batting average against last year. It was his most used pitch. This year, his fastball has like a 2% whiff rate and a 400 batting average against. So what did he do? He made his slider his most used pitch now. And his slider has a sub 200 batting average against with a 38% or 40% whiff rate on it. It's a dominant pitch. And he's leading with that now which should help his fastball get better over time when it becomes more of a complimentary pitch instead of just his main pitch. So I like seeing guys that make improvements like that, very similar to Vince Velasquez, who's in the same rotation. So maybe the Pirates are figuring something out over there with their guys. I know Mitch Keller has made yeah. crazy improvements Rich Hill, Rich Hill. Well. I mean, the veteran yeah. presence there is te- 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 teaching them all, showing the young yeah, kids so how to do it. I, I love that. And, yeah, I think – Ronzi Contreras does has some sneaky fantasy value. He's not on a lot of people's radars. He did almost make my waiver wire article list this week. So him and you mentioned Gallo Gallo almost did too, but I had the same thought. Like I typed, I typed Joey Gallo. I typed my first little paragraph about him and I went to break down the stats and then was like, I can't find a single stat that I can just like yeah, I, I, formulate I up- into something good.
0: Yeah, unless like you're believing Gallo and just feel like he's gonna get hot. I, I wouldn't pick him up yet.
1: Uh, speaking of the Chad said, speaking of the Rays, they're actively shitposting the worst team in the league, the White Sox on Twitter, as they should. You see Luis Robert not run out that fucking oh, that was easy awful. absolutely awful. God, and of all people, too, Luis Roberts, he's one of the good ones. And he fucking did it. Uh, but before this episode goes too long, one thing that I did want to point out. If you were here last time, me and Ryan did make a feeble attempt at trading (laughs) on the episode and it did not work, but while I was at my son's birthday party yesterday... I mean, that's a that's a terrible way to say it. I did not sit to my son's birthday party, just making a trade. He is spoiled or by you? his grandparents. No, he's spoiled by his grandparents. And so this was his second birthday party because he just had to have one for family and mm. had to have one for his friends. So while they were bouncing around the bouncy house place, me and Ryan made a trade in our SGPN Dynasty League. The final workings of the trade. Yes, I'm aware I gave up more than I should have, but I have reasoning for it. Brent Booker just Homer, by the way. That's let's fucking go. Very topical. I gave up uh, Kyle Schwarber, sold low on him, and Alec Manoa, and in return, I got my boy, Jared Kelnick. There we go. I hadn't talked about him all episode, and it was like oh, wow. fucking like a crackhead. It was like getting to me. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I got You're Jared Kelnick.
0: A Kelnick head.
1: And I got uh, Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe has been good over the last two weeks. He's sitting 279, leading off for the Yankees. I like the speed. I have plenty of power on my team, so I mm-hmm. could afford to get rid of the potential power from Schwarber. Losing Manoa does hurt because I ends up I lost Degrom the same day that the trade went down. But I believe in Kelnick, and I have forever. If you followed the podcast and stay one, you'd know that. Uh and I like the young upside of Anthony Volpe as well. So it was a trade that worked out for both of us.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I already know I'm gonna regret trading Jared Kelnick, especially to you. It's just a matter of when. Will it be this entire season? Will it, will he keep this up and hit 30, 40 home runs, but will he fade off? Well, Kyle Schwarber eventually bounced back. I mean, last year, I mean he kind of woke up there in June. So I'm hoping that happens again. Uh, I realize now I have way too many Phillies. I think I have Realmudo, I have Castellanos, I have Bohm, now I have Schwarber. Um so yeah, and Man- <laughs> Manoa, I-, I don't don't love how he started this year, but he's he's uh Blake reminded me about ball- training, he- He's still young, what 25 yeah, years old. 25. So he yeah, has great strikeout stuff. We saw that last year. So I mean I'm trying to and Volpe is going to be great shortstop. I have mm-hmm. um, Wander Franco at shortstop, so I'm, I'm comfortable trading him. So, yeah, uh, I'm trying to go for it this year and, and hope that uh, Kalnick doesn't bite me in the ass.
1: Insano uh, hey, said, and
0: Insano said in the chat uh, that he said, "You're welcome, Gilbert." I got him in panic mode after I a out
1: <laughs> He's quick to pull the trigger.
0: No, but Blake and I went, went. I mean, you we went back and forth for for quite a while on yeah, this a couple to weeks. hammer this out. So. I'm, I'm happy we were able to, to finally get it done. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe our next one will like work out like the, the outline for it and then just finalize it here on this. Finalize uh, it, get, yeah. Give some content.
1: Yeah. And Chad said, damn, I was really hoping there was footage of you working on the trade while bouncing in the bounce house. <laughs> I did not bounce in the bounce house. There was like 800,000 kids in that place. But I will say, they had like this, I, I walked into the middle of like the bounce house area. It's this huge place called Catapult. I walked into the middle, and I saw these parents in there, and I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. They had a line of like 15 massage chairs. Oh, It was two, two bucks for six minutes in the massage chair. So the only footage I have is of me just fucking vibing in that massage chair that, for six that's minutes. That's a
0: fantastic plan by them. Let the kids bounce. Parents pay, pay a few bucks oh. for, for a massage
1: there. Yeah. It was so perfect. It felt so good, too. And those tra- yes, those
0: trampoline I- things are gonna fucking they fuck your knees up though, and it's in the ankles and shit. Like I'm not, I, okay. I, I'm I'm not going on those.
1: I'm too and I'm too I'm, old for that. Shit. Old, I would have yes, exactly. killed a kid. <laughs> 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 uh, Chad reminded me, Mitch Haniger bomb nothing like Mexico to get him up and running. One of my favorite players of all time. I talk about myself too much on here, but Mitch Haniger is what got me breaking out in the fantasy baseball world back in 2017. I wrote a Mitch Haniger is about to break out and set the world on fire article when he got traded to the Mariners. I wrote it during spring training and wouldn't you know it, he fucking came out and lit the world on fire. He got hurt shortly after, but that was like the first article I ever wrote where people like started to recognize me. So I always got love for Mitch. Kind of glad he's not Seattle anymore because he gets hurt too much. But I like to see him hit some home runs out there in, in, uh, we see them in Mexico right now, but yeah, it's for like the a, Giants, it's
0: like playing. Uh, uh, as someone said apparently it's like playing on the moon in like a little league stadium. So that's why there were so many home runs on Saturday, and there's been uh, three so far uh, on Sunday, including Canninger's second of the second of the weekend.
1: Yeah, but now that we are at the fifty minute mark, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball, the coolest at on Twitter. You can also follow us on YouTube at Fake Baseball Money. We're on Twitch as well at Fake Baseball Money. We are literally everywhere. Come talk with us in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Type it in your browser, it takes you right to our Discord server. It's free. There's a couple thousand people in there talking about every sport you could ever imagine. Uh, and there has been a slight update to my writing schedule for the week. I no longer write a StatCast article for Fantasy Pros on Thursdays. I now. I uh, have upgraded to doing their weekly planner article that will come out on Fridays. So I've got my waiver wire article for Sundays. I have my Guys to Avoid article for Rotoballer on Tuesday or Wednesdays. And the weekly planner article coming on Fridays for me. So I'm excited about that. You can find that on Twitter at Balake B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E.
0: Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S O P.
1: We'll catch you guys next time.
0: See ya.